welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. This is episode six of Inspiration from the Couch, and today we're going to talk about validation. So we'll start by kind of talking a little bit about what it is and why it's important, and then we're going to give some examples about like basically how to do it, what it looks like. So Lucy, what is validation? What does that mean? Yeah, and I love validation. So this is one (laughs) of my most favorite like topics and skills, and I think it is so underrated. Actually, this general, like what I think of as a dialectic, which is two opposing forces that we kind of hold at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And on one side, we have validation, which is acceptance of where someone is. And on the other side, we have kind of problem solving and pushing for change. And quite often, we jump so quickly to want to problem solve and fix things and push for change. But this other side of things, validating and really in a nutshell, validation is I see you. Right. I see where you are. I understand. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And it's this superpower because when we can validate, like things shift dramatically sure. within a relationship. Yeah. And I, I think of it kind of as holding up a, a mirror mm. to whoever it is that you're talking to, whatever their experience mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of echoing what Lucy was saying, you know, mirrors, they reflect back like right. what is. We're not putting anything else on top of it. It's we're actually seeing what is there. And that's one of our most like primal needs as humans, right? Is to belong and to be able to be seen. And so I think validation kind of, it basically addresses that need of belonging and being seen. I love that. I think that that's, it's so important. And one thing I think that can kind of sometimes get in people's way with validation is it feels so simple and yet it's so important. And so I think we often can skip over it and move too quickly, like you were saying, to the problem solving when really we just have to communicate that I see you, I understand what you're saying, you know, and reflecting that back. So Tell me more, why is this so important? What what does it do in relationships? You kind of mentioned it's really transformative. What does it do in relationships when we validate? I think it really just helps with connection, mm. right? And when we when we don't validate, often I experience it as like this tug of war, right? And the sense of separation. And so yeah. I think when we validate, it helps us connect with other people. Yeah. And really helps grow that relationship, especially when the situation is tough. So anytime, mm-hmm. especially emotions are high, right, or there's a conflict or disagreement, right. validation can soften everything and help bring us together. Right. We want to spend a lot of time today kind of talking about how to do it, the, the examples of what it is, what it isn't. And so that people can maybe leave with some really like good pearls of how, how to do this, what this could look like in day to day. So- Let's talk about what is validation? What is it not? What is, how, how would I know if I'm validating or not validating? These are some of like the stumbling blocks. So when we first start talking about validation, I think people get tripped up and don't want to do it because they feel like if I validate what someone else is experiencing, it means I approve yep. of whatever it may be. And so validation is not approval, right? It's not agreement and it's not reassurance. So basically if I'm, coming to you, Lucy, and saying, everything is horrible. You're not agreeing with me that everything is horrible. You're just communicating that you understand that I've said and feel like everything is horrible. So let's even role play that. Yeah, so if okay. you were to come to me. Everything sucks. 
Well, Avery, that's not really true. You've got a lot of really good things going on in your life. No, I don't. It all sucks. <laughs> right. Right. I can feel myself, even though I'm not really, I can feel myself tensing up. Like uh-huh. you need to understand that everything right. sucks. Uh-huh. Right. And so, and I think often that's a common response right. we give people. And I think it comes from a place of, oh, I want them to see the other side of things. Right. right? I don't want them to feel so bad. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that there's good stuff going on, but we've jumped over communicating that, wow, let me like try to join with you and where right. you are in this experience. Right. It's maybe, a, so like, try it again. Maybe Jamie can be validating. Okay. Jamie, everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Avery, I hear that you're saying that everything is terrible. It does suck. <laughs> Even there, I, I agree with you. Like that feels like you've joined with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It does feel better. You're so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You know, I have to laugh. I have, I have a, like a very clear example of this in my head. Okay, so when I was yeah. in graduate school, and so I think we probably all learned more formally about validation in graduate school, yep. but I was in Colorado and I was driving home like one evening after school. And I remember this, I'm on this highway and it's snowing. So I love mm. the snow. So beautiful. But I'm talking to my mom. Love my mom. Have a great mom. But she's like a fixer. So a little mm. bit of a fixer, a little bit of like, oh, the glass is half full. Like it, like it could be so much worse. Like, And I think she does it from a very loving place mm-hmm. of wanting to help. I don't even remember what I was talking about. But I remember she started to go into that. Well, it could be so much worse. And other people have this happen. You know, those very right. invalidating responses. And I said, mom, stop. Like, all I need you to say is, that sucks. Yep. Right? That's one of my most favorite validating phrases is like, that sucks. Yep. Right. You don't need to do anything else. That's all I need to hear. That's all you need to hear. And, and I think sometimes I'm thinking about even the relationship that I have with my husband. A lot of times he is a fixer. He, he's a problem solver, which is wonderful. But there have been times in our marriage that I'll say, I just, I, I just need you to hear me. And he'll often say, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how, I don't, I don't know what you need me to say. And sometimes it is just as simple as that sucks. A recent conversation we had, I'm a person, I struggle with panic. And we were in this in this interaction and I was panicking, panicking. And he gave me this gift of just saying, hey, Avery, that's panic. That feeling, that's panic. And I could just feel myself, not, not necessarily relax, like the panic was still kind of there, but just I felt so seen. I felt so heard. I felt like he was there with me. And that belonging, that connection is, is, is yeah. so strong when people communicate validation. And so what you're kind of saying there too, is that one way to validate is to even name the feeling that you hear and reflect it back. So if we go back to your example of like everything in my life sucks, right? Wow. It sounds like you're feeling so overwhelmed with your life right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then you do, you can just kind of feel that release of, I feel understood. I don't have to convince you or communicate this to you. Like that feels like a, a release. So you were also mentioning, Lucy, about this feeling in your body that can kind of let us know, is this a time for validation or not? So talk more about that. What lets you know that maybe validation is necessary? Yeah. And I feel it often. I feel a lot when I work with clients, like almost the sense that we're in like a tug of war and pulling Mm. on opposite sides. Right. And I'm I don't know, sometimes I find myself maybe trying to, to move into problem solving probably mm-hmm. too quickly. And when I feel this tug of war and, and like the person across from me has been like, yeah, but, or they kind of seem stuck that that's often a sign to me of like, oh, I need to shift to validation. So my older daughter, we were at Piana. It was one day and she'd come home from school. My younger daughter, Charlotte, was in her lesson. So I was sitting with Addison and 
she was relaying that she forgot to turn something in at school. And she was like distraught about this, like so upset, inconsolable. Right. And so I try to start with the problem solving. Well, how can you talk to your teacher about it? What can happen? And she was resistant to all of it. Like, no, I can't do that. And that's not going to work. And so resistant. And then this is like a mom of the year moment. Then I go into a little bit of shaming. Well, if you, you know, if you hadn't, if you've remembered to like put your stuff where it's supposed to be like a little bit of that route, which of course like isn't helpful either. Right. Um, and finally I stopped and I was like, oh, right. Like this is that tug of war mm-hmm. thing. Like she just needs me to see her and hear her. Yeah. And it was like this light bulb went off and I said, oh, Addie, like you are so worried that your teacher is going to think less of you and mm. not like you anymore. Cause you forgot your homework. She said yes. And like tears started oh. falling and that took like 30 seconds of like having mm. her feelings. And then she could shift and be like, okay, so what can I do about it? Right. But she just needed to be seen and heard and understood like right where she was. It's, it's such a primal need that it's almost like if we don't address that, all of this other stuff, we're just not ready. If we don't do the validation first, we can't really problem solve. We can't really engage in logistics or planning because that need for belonging, that need for, for validation is so great. So other thing validation is is not is reassurance. It's not problem solving. It's not everything's going to be okay. I think a lot of times I run into it like it's not necessarily always helpful to put things in perspective to kind of help someone to see like, oh, that's not so bad. Think about how much worse it could be. So it's really just communicating. And I think a lot of times, I think mostly with children, but probably adults too, is maybe giving a word, naming the the experience. So, oh, you're feeling overwhelmed. Oh, you're feeling you know, and I think oftentimes it is asking to make sure that you've got it right, right? Is this kind of how you're feeling? Sometimes even we will offer a multiple choice of like, are you feeling sad about it? Are you feeling happy about it? That kind of thing. Yeah. I was going to say that one of the worst things I I think that I hear sometimes from, from individuals is when they say, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. You know, when someone's really going through something, it'll be okay. It'll work out. It'll be fine. When in actuality, we, d- we don't know that right. in the moment. Right. But what we do know is that the person is struggling right then and there. And mm-hmm. that is what we can talk about. Be mm-hmm. much more present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it'll be fine. Another one like that is calm down. Yeah, I can't please. stand that one. It's like, don't you, it, it feels miserable to not be calm. Don't you think if I could calm down, I would calm down? Like it just feels so invalidating versus, wow, you're so upset or right. that's panic. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is that, that that validation actually can help people regulate their emotions. <laughs> right, right. And so if we tell people to calm down, you're going to get the exact opposite, right. you know, of, of what's going on here. Right. If someone's really anxious and you tell them to calm down, it's not like it's a, a light switch no. where they can just oh, flip it right I, off. Oh, that never occurred to me to right. calm down. Right. right. So, Jamie, even if we go back to that example you gave about it'll be fine. So what does someone on the receiving end experience mm-hmm. when they get that message? Well, I mean, I think that they experience that, hey, my experience isn't that big of a deal. Or maybe it is that they're experiencing that the other person maybe has the solution mm. or they're seeing something that the other person is is experiencing mm-hmm. and they just haven't figured it out yet. I just think that that's a really sort of invalidating sort of statement to make. Yeah. What are your thoughts? That, and I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of what you were describing, like what it feels like to be invalidated, right? And yeah. so sometimes I think that 
describing the opposite of a phenomenon can help us understand mm-hmm. it, right? So we have validation on one side, but to understand validation, sometimes thinking about what it means to be invalidated mm-hmm. can shed light on that. And so invalidation is kind of that sense of like, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we invalidate, we put the other person in a position where they have to like convince us of how bad it is. And then we're putting them in a place where they're having to like really double down almost on, okay, it's really bad. And now you're not believing me. So I have to explain to you all the ways, going back to my first example, all the ways that everything sucks right now versus you just kind of taking me at my word that like, yeah, it really does suck right now. You can just feel the energy lighten. It doesn't, I don't have to convince you, Lucy, that things are terrible. I don't have to tell Jamie all 18 things that have happened today that make me say that it sucks. You already get it. We're on the same team. You're in my corner. Like you've joined with me versus putting us on these like almost adversarial. I think sometimes that feels hard to people. Mm -hmm. And I think this comes up a lot in a parenting dynamic where maybe a child, a teen, adult child, whatever age feels distressed and upset about something. And the other person, the parent maybe feels like, but that's really not that big of a deal. Right. Right. Or that you shouldn't be upset about that. Right. And so I think that that's where we come back. The fear of validating is, gosh, does that mean I agree with you? That like a really, like the example of school. Do you want to share that one, Avery? That- right. So if I came to you and said, you know, I, I hate everything about school. School sucks. I'm never going to do well in school. I think as a parent, sometimes we hesitate to validate because we don't actually agree that everything sucks at school. And we don't really want to communicate that we also think that school sucks. But We don't have to do that. To validate, we're just communicating that I hear and see that this is your feeling. I believe and understand that you feel that school sucks. And we sometimes, as parents especially, we don't, we feel like we're giving into it or like we're communicating agreement that yes, that really is terrible, or yes, I agree that you can't do math, or yes, I agree that you shouldn't go to school tomorrow. But really, we're just agreeing that yes, you feel this way right now. Yeah. So how to validate the feeling, and I I run into the stickiness with my kids around technology. So if I try to set a limit, because if left to their own devices, they'd be on it (laughs) all day, every day. So if I set like a boundary or a limit with it, that makes them upset and sad. And can I validate their being upset and sad and disappointed and maybe really angry at me without also saying, I agree that you should have as much iPad as you want. And so we're going to let you have it. Right. They're two separate experiences, right? Right. right. I mean, because who wouldn't want to do something fun all day, right. every day? Right. I right. would I would love to be at Disney all, all day, day, every day. Every day. <laughs> right. And that yes. just can't happen. And so, yes, it's disappointing when I have right. to leave, you know, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go back the very next weekend. And I think as parents, we do feel like, especially if it is our limit that has created the feeling that we're somehow backtracking by validating that feeling. And I think... What I found to be helpful for parents, and I, I try, aspire to do this in my own parent-child relationship, but is to say things like, you have every right to be upset. I understand, like Jamie was saying, I would want to play with tech. I would want to be on technology all the time too, but, and just val- not even going to the but. I was about to say, but unfortunately we have to set this limit, but I think just- Ah, the word the but. but. <laughs> the the buts, but. right? And I think that when we think about validation and invalidation, but- is often kind of a hotspot word, Mm. right? So if I say, we love you and we think you're doing a really great job, but like everything that came before the but becomes negated. Right, right. Right. but you need to clean your room, but you need to do better in school. Exactly. And all the person hears is like, I suck. Right. Right, or that first part like disappears. (laughs) You can see it erased. Exactly, erased, I like that. And so how do we use the word and, Mm. substitute change but to and? 
right? Where it can all belong. And one thing I found that can be helpful in in that moment is to even explain like, I believe that you can do school. I, I actually don't agree that you you are going to fail out of school tomorrow. But but and and I can understand that you feel differently. Kind of the butts are sneaking. The butts are almost just like But but I think kind of that can give parents a little bit more space that they don't have to agree. And then I think you can even communicate that disagreement that I I actually don't agree with you. I don't think that you're going to fail English because of this one assignment. And I understand that you feel that way. And I understand that right now it feels totally overwhelming and you're so disappointed about this assignment and, and, and. And so I think kind of even giving yourself that space. And that I like that because almost like you're holding two different things at once. Mm-hmm. Like I can hold how someone is feeling and then I can also hold this possibility of a mm-hmm. different reality or a different truth that's than right. maybe how it feels in the moment. That's right. I had this wonderful supervisor once that we were working with a lot of depressed patients. And one thing she would say that I just loved and I, I still use now is, I understand that you are feeling completely hopeless. So I'm just going to hold the hope for you today. I'm going to hold that hope because I, I do have hope for you, but I also can understand. And I can also understand, it's butts are sneaky, that you have none right mm-hmm. now. And so that kind of being able to to hold those two experiences is yeah. really important. So if we think of some common ways that we end up mm-hmm. invalidating or pitfalls of invalidation. So we, we've talked about the problem solving too early. Yes. Right. And I think that parents maybe jump to that. Some of us notice with our husbands and I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that that's a total gender mm-hmm. truth. That's a bit of a stereotype there maybe. But there is that kind of fixing quality of wanting to fix it. And I think as parents and spouses, we hurt when our loved ones are hurting and we we want to get out of that that hurting experience so quickly that it's like, oh, let's fix it. Let's, you know, address it. That's really tempting yeah. as parents. And yeah. the irony there, I think too, is that if we can validate first, people are much more ready and willing to move into problem solving mm-hmm. if that validation mm-hmm. comes first. What are some of the other pitfalls of invalidation, kind of ways we get pulled there? One of the things that I was thinking about is sort of this competitive aspect sometimes that happens with individuals Mm -hmm. when they're sharing their stories, they're sharing their struggles, and then the other party wants to also share what their struggles are and sometimes even one one ups them like are we talking about oh, like suffering olympics yes yes absolutely <laughs> yes like oh you've you know you think you've got it bad well, let me tell you you know my my experience mm-hmm. and let me pull this focus to me right and when that happens we are centering ourselves over their experience right. and that is a very very invalidating place to be that's so true yeah that's so true. And there's maybe a fine line there because I do think that there's a quality of being able to normalize something that is actually very validating. So how what do y'all think when we pull the attention off versus when we can kind of normalize something in a helpful way? So one thing I was actually thinking about, I was reading this article and they were talking about like, how much do you disclose as a therapist what to your patient? And they were talking about the difference between disclosing something that's resolved versus disclosing something that's still unresolved. So it's the difference between saying, I've had similar issues with my child and actually it, it ended up being okay. And I think this is going to, we're going to, we're not at the end of this versus yes, I've had that happen with my child and we, it's a struggle every day, which just feels so overwhelming. And so I think that, that maybe that's part of it is like yanking the spotlight. So if Jamie is talking about her experience and I say, you think that's bad, let me tell you about my and that experience. There's a one upping. It's yes. a one upping versus 
oh, I've had that happen before. I really, I have some empathy around that. Ah. I really do. I can express that I've had a similar experience in a way that like communicates more understanding. Like a joining with? A joining with versus one-upping. Yes. Yeah. So that comparison piece, I think, and, and I think especially when there are, there's a differential in power, like parents and child, we want to use that sharing of, cons- of experience to kind of join with versus to, you know, level up. What about that idea of like putting things in perspective? Mm-hmm. I almost feel like that's kind of similar to problem solving and that it can be helpful. It can ve- very much be helpful to put things in perspective but the timing is everything, right? And so if I came to you, Lucy, and said, I have had the worst day at work. I am feeling so stressed. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. And you said, well, at least you have a job. I don't know that we would still be as close friends as we are now. <laughs> I would be like, yes, you're right. I am grateful to have a job, but you've just left me here standing stranded on this island versus Maybe after we've talked for a bit, you validated and said, I get it. I understand. I've had stressful days at work too. I know that it's hard. Is there something we can talk about? You know, if you've kind of given me some comfort, some validation, and then we can encourage some gratitude. That's always helpful. I think that gratitude is helpful, but it's about timing, especially as parents and children, as we kind of navigate that. Putting in perspective is helpful, but I think it's all about when and validation needs to come first. Yeah. So how do we validate? You know, if we were to give our listeners for someone who maybe is new to this, kind mm-hmm. of a step-by-step or some rules of thumb to keep in mind, what comes to mind for y'all? I think it feels awkward and clunky and weird at first. It feels like I'm just repeating what you're saying and that that's okay. I want to kind of like validate that that experience can feel a little bit weird just to kind of parrot back what people are saying. Yeah. And I think it's just fine to try and then mm. try again. Mm. Like if it looks like the other person or if they just flat out tell you like, no, that's mm-hmm. not it. Like that's, that's not my experience. I mean, you, you can try again. I mean, that's, you it's, don't get one shot. Yeah. Well, and Jamie, I'm glad you said that too. Cause I think that's one of the best things about validating is it also provides an opportunity for clarification, mm-hmm. right? So gosh, it sounds like you're so overwhelmed. No, I'm not actually overwhelmed. I'm just heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Or whatever it may be. And so sometimes Posing our validation as a curiosity and and potential hypothesis rather than like a statement of fact is kind of a useful part of validating. Yeah. Yep. So that kind of idea, like, did I get that right? Or it sounds like maybe it's this. Is that correct? I think sometimes it's also helpful to give when we're trying to kind of figure out what the name of the feeling is, is to even give that multiple choice, right? Of like, hey, are you feeling... You know, I think they're big five feelings, right? Sad, happy, scared, embarrassed, and anxious, right? Or, or some some amalgamation of those. And I think that that's something trying to kind of get the right word can sometimes be helpful. I often will give my clients a list of feeling words. Mm. Right? I even have a chart at home of different like feeling mm. words because I think so often this is not something we know inherently mm. how to name our feelings. And when we can name them, there's a piece of validation that comes with that. And and like y'all were saying earlier, emotion regulation, right? Right. So we can kind of self-validate. And I do like that idea too. We can validate others, but we can also validate ourselves if we kind of recognize what it is we're feeling Mm -hmm. and say to ourselves, almost like I see you. And acceptance that, you know, every feeling is allowed. Every feeling is, you know, just having the feeling is, is okay. And I think we can offer some of that validation for ourselves as well of naming it and accepting it. 
one other tip that I use when I work with couples or or families is sometimes asking individuals for what they need, you know, in the moment, like what kind of conversation do we want to have? Do we want to have more of an emotion focused kind of Mm. conversation? Do we want to have more of a problem solving kind of conversation and help people differentiate that there are lots of options. We can go lots of different ways, but usually validation will get you to the other pieces sooner Mm -hmm. if you start with that. It's a good place to start. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about other tips for validation? If you stay present in the moment, when Mm -hmm. we validate, there's often an opening up Mm -hmm. and a settling that happens rather than kind of a shutting down. Often when we validate too, we're looking more for feelings and emotions rather than facts or behaviors. I think a lot of of people fall into that trap of, I'm, going to start the sentence with, I feel, but what comes next is really a thought. I feel like I'm going to lose my job. I feel like I'm a failure. But when really they're, they're feeling words that are probably more accurately describing that. And if we, for example, if we go to the, like, I feel like a failure, sometimes it feels like we're trying to convince someone that they either are or are not a failure. But really, if we can go back to that, I feel overwhelmed. I feel inadequate, inadequate inadequate. And and I think offering those feeling words can be so helpful. I think that that's a good point, Lucy, about differentiating, you know, feelings from behaviors, from thoughts. Um, yeah. I, I think something that I talk with my students about, you know, and, and supervision and working with their own clients is that we don't have to validate everything. No. Right. Validating everything is not the way to go because sometimes when we validate particularly behaiors, some behaviors in certain situations are not valid. They're not appropriate. They're harmful. They're risky. You know, we don't want to validate those things, but maybe the feelings underlying what they're doing, like those are valid. Those right. are things that we can validate. Right. I think I'll, I say that a lot to clients. You know, you're allowed to feel your feelings. That doesn't necessarily mean that all behaviors are going to come without consequence, but the feeling you can feel angry that it's that's separate from throwing things when you're feeling angry. That's separate from saying negative, nasty things when you're angry. Well, and this idea too that feelings aren't up for like negotiation. Right. So if I tell you how I'm feeling and you tell me no, you're not feeling that, like that's a little ridiculous, right? Because feelings are not right or wrong. They're just our lived experience. Love that. Feelings are not up for negotiation. Yeah. And when I think I think one of the most interesting things I've observed over the years too is often, especially when I work with teenagers. So sometimes parents will come in and want their teen to Mm. get tools and skills, right? So more focused on that problem solving. But I think why teens like coming to therapy and really in essence, adults who come to therapy, why they really stay is because they feel validated. They feel seen and heard and understood. And there's definitely tools and skills that we get along the way. But I think the most powerful piece that we find that maybe we offer in our jobs is that sense of validation and seeing and hearing. Right. So we can offer validation for others by naming what they're feeling. We can also offer validation for ourselves. And I think that it can feel hard, but it really, it, it is so simple. It is so clear of just naming the feeling, whether it's for yourself or for somebody else. And then questioning, wondering, being curious if you've got that right, not quite. Is it kind of some combination? That kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap up, or do try this at home. If each of you were to say one thing that you would want the listener where they could begin, what does everyone say? When you're feeling a feeling, try to write it down. 
Name it. Name it. Practice naming your feelings. Practice naming your own feelings. Yeah. So I think for me, it would be being mindful of this idea, especially in relationships of validating and invalidating and kind of starting to notice how that feels. So when you get validated or invalidated, how does it feel when you do it to someone else and starting to be mindful of the whole process? Well, and I would say along with that mindfulness piece, another tip would be to stay in the present, Mm -hmm. to stay in the present with the other individual. Don't go towards the future. Don't move towards the past. Just stay with what's going on with them right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that'll do it for today. Thank you all for joining us and we will look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.